0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a monster Monday, which we are recording late on Sunday evening. Just got back to the hotel room from chilly Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Brian and I thought it would be a good idea, though, to do the show, record it tonight, so you guys can get it right away. Plus, I can never fall asleep after a game anyway, so it works out perfectly. We are presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports app check out the early odds that they have for Super Bowl 55 see what you want to do there it's a new week which means we'll have a new spread the word winner new sponsor confirmation email winner new YouTube shout out the patron shout out today Stephen Heil the happy hour Friday night was awesome hopefully you guys saw the pics on social media man it was awesome got a chance to meet Several new folks, Steve Grover and Jan Lehman and Ryan Brewer. Awesome. Absolutely love meeting new guys. Shout out to Steve Heil, the latest patron at patreon.com slash RT Media. Let's roll, Bri. The big show. All
1: right, Super Bowl. 55 is set. Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Kansas City Chiefs, and as you mentioned on DraftKings, the early lines are already out. Kansas City a three-and-a-half-point favorite, Ross, and that's possibly without left tackle Eric Fisher. But anyway, let's start first in the NFC. Tom Brady and the Bucks beat the Packers 31-26. Brady heads to his 10th Super Bowl, and the Bucks become the first team to play it at their home stadium.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, just absolutely Unbelievable. Um, you know, let's start with this. I mean, we knew Antonio Brown was gonna be out Bry for the Bucs, but then Antoine Winfield Jr., I didn't even realize that he had hurt his ankle late in the week. So the Bucs are without Antoine Winfield Jr. And then during the game, Jordan Whitehead, who's another outstanding young safety for the Bucks, he got hurt knocking the crap out of Aaron Jones. And forcing a fumble. So the Bucks were down both safeties. Really, uh, the good news is they did get Vita Vea; He was officially back for the Bucks. Bucks got off to a fantastic start. Everybody, I think myself included, thought that the Packers had the edge early on. They'd been playing so well in the first half of games. Meanwhile, the Bucs had not. It almost makes you wonder if the Packers should have taken the ball as opposed to deferring like they did at the start of the game. But Brady was three for three on third and long on that first drive to Evans, then to Godwin, then to Evans for a touchdown. Boom, the Bucks are out in front. And, you know, there were several things I said this week, Bry, on various shows that really came to roost. And one of which was I thought there was a big mismatch with Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul off the edge against Billy Turner and Ricky Wagner, the offensive tackles for the Green Bay Packers, that was absolutely the case. I think they both got multiple sacks. They were all over Aaron Rodgers. Shaq Barrett had a sack on Rodgers on third and nine. And then, you know, uh, it looked like the Bucks might score again. Tyler Johnson had a drop on second and long, which was big. I thought after Tyler Johnson had that drop on second and long for the Bucks, the rookie, and then Aaron Rodgers third and fifteen, even after he'd been sacked, was able to after the JPP sack was able to get that first down to Lazard when Aaron Rodgers threw it like from the end zone, uh and then he threw the touchdown bomb to MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling, who was being covered by Carlton Davis and it was all right game on you know it was 7-7 game on at that point but then Brady answered back if you remember Chris Godwin made an incredible catch in the middle of the field Uh, that was not a great ball from Brady Fournette had one of his best runs in a long time the touchdown run and then defensively And this was a theme in both games. There were a bunch of themes that came through both games, Bride. One of which was there's a lot of drops in both games. Number two, there were teams with questionable decisions to kick field goals. Losing teams, I might add. Questionable decisions to kick field goals as opposed to going for it in certain situations. And then... You had teams bogged down in the red zone. The Bills bogged down in the red zone. The Packers bogged down in the red zone. And it was a huge difference in both those games because the, the Packers a couple times, you know, Devontae Adams, he dropped one, not a good throw from Aaron Rodgers. So on that drive, the Packers have been running the ball down Buck's throat. They get down near the goal line They throw it three times, incomplete three times, settle for a field goal. So it's 14-10. And then the key to the whole game was the end of the first half. This was the key to the whole thing. Sean Murphy Bunting had a sweet interception on Alan Lazard in the slot. Yes, he tugged Lazard's jersey. Yes, people have a right to be frustrated because in some instances it felt like it let them, they let him play. In other instances they didn't. I think we all would like more consistency there. There's no question. On that one, Bunting tugged him a little bit. Then he got that interception in the slot. And then the, the Bucs weren't going to get anything out of it. They elected to go for it on fourth down late in the first half. Exactly the right decision. My guy Steve Fezzik at Fezzik Sports was freaking out on social media because there's no reason for the Bucks to punt it there. They go for it. They get it, and then Brady lobs a terrific touchdown pass to Scotty Miller against Kevin King in the end of the first half, 21-10. So Kevin King got beat end of the first half. He got beat by the Mike Evans touchdown, and he's the guy that had the game-clinching pass interference, which was a good call. You know, uh, Tyler Johnson, we'll get to that, but he had that undershirt, Bri, it was untucked, it was out, which I can't stand. I think it's a terrible sloppy look. But that's what Kevin King tugged. So we'll get to that. But Kevin King really struggled. Remember, he was questionable to play with a back injury. So I, I think he was hampered by it. I think he struggled as a result. So it's 21-10 at halftime. And then start of the second half, Jordan Whitehead, we talked about it, came up, popped Aaron Jones, fumble, leads to the Cam Brait touchdown. On the first play after that, Devin White picked up the fumble, got goal-to-go situation, play-action fake, boom. Cambray touchdown, 28-10. to Early in the third quarter, the, pay- the Bucks were up. I almost said Patriots because of Brady. The Bucks were up, and it looked like they might run away from it, run away with the game. And I said, either Brady's going to attend Super Bowl or this is going to be an epic, epic Aaron Rodgers comeback. And he almost did. Packers got a quick answer as Rodgers was doing what he does—his magic tricks, running around, and then throwing a, a touchdown around the pressure to Tunyon, 28-17. And then the craziest part of the whole thing, Bry, might be the fact that the Bucks—I mean, Brady had three picks. Now one went off of Mike Evans' hands, but the other two were terrible picks by Tom Brady. I mean, terrible. He had one to Adrian Amos. When they're up 28-17, he lobs it up. Uh was a terrible throw for no reason. Amos picks it up, leads to a touchdown to Devontae Adams. So now it's 28-25 um, or 28-23. And the the Packers go for two to make it a three-point game. And Equinemia St. Brown drops it, just drops it. So then it's you know still twenty eight twenty three at that point. Evans has two drops on the next drive for the Bucks. The second one goes to Jair Alexander for an interception. Brady throws a third straight interception on third and two, and you're thinking, what is going on? Um, it, it, you know, it's unbelievable to think that something is you know that they that Brady would be playing like this. And could blow it. Um, but then after that, Brady throws a screen to Gronk. And Gronk gets good yardage for a suck-up field goal. So it's 31-23. Packers move the ball right back down the field, Brian. There's two minutes left. They have, like, what, fourth and goal from the eight, maybe? And they kick a field goal? to make it from a one-score game to a, wait for it, one-score game. I absolutely hated it. Hated that decision. We all did in the moment. We all hated the decision by Matt LaFleur to kick the field goal. It's good, 31-26, but then the Bucs get the ball back. Uh, I, I don't know why the Packers thought that they could stop them. They couldn't. You know, there's a controversial pass interference at the end of the half on King, or at the end of the game on King, but he tugged his jersey. I mean, they have to call that. And, they, you know, if if they tug a jersey and you see the stretch, they're going to call. Sometimes they don't see the stretch. Sometimes they do. They saw the stretch. Game over. Brady's going to a 10th Super Bowl. It's unbelievable. 31-26 bucks.
1: Well, the other game, obviously, you're there. You're in Kansas City. The Chiefs, they're going back to the Super Bowl after beating the Bills 38-24. Let's talk about the food. Let's talk about the whole the whole thing.
0: Well, let's first also talk about, Bri, DraftKings, because the moment you've been waiting for all season, right around the corner, DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back, their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. Are you kidding me? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of one million dollars. Download the DraftKings app now, the DraftKings app, not the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the DraftKings app now. Use promo code Ross, and everybody can do this, to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge, unreal. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code Ross now, Enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Bri, let's start with the food. As you said, they did it, man. They stepped up big, Bri. They had a brisket carving station, and the guy was slicing and dicing it and chopping chopping it up and then he was making these sandwiches. I may or may not have had three. Now, in fairness, the first one, I had the whole sandwich. Second and third, I didn't need that bread anymore. So I I got the sandwich, but then just ate the meat out inside of it, just the actual brisket. I didn't need like the whole big bun again, but it was delicious with a cookie, with an apple, with uh, chips. Well done, Kansas City, well done. In the COVID era, I give that I give that A. I really do. I give that A. That's about as good as you can do in the COVID era. Um, no, Sammy Watkins or Le'Veon Bell for Kansas City. They did get Clyde Edwards Elaire back. They did get Bashad Breeland back. Which was huge, absolutely huge. And the Bills couldn't have gone off to a better start, right? I mean, they're aggressive on fourth down on their first drive. They take it down, and they get a field goal. They went for it on fourth down on the first drive of the game. This one what I don't understand. You go for it on fourth down on the first drive of the game from midfield, and yet you kick field goals later? Multiple times like McDermott did? I just don't get it. I'm not sure I ever will get it. I, I don't understand what he was thinking. Anyways, they get the field goal. Then McCole Hardman muffs a punt. Next thing you know, uh, the Bills score touchdown. Dawson Knox touchdown. They're up 9-0 after Bass doinked the extra point. But still, 9-0 Bills. They're up two scores. That was about it. That that was about it for the Bills after that. Textbook Chiefs touchdown drive, including a fourth down conversion of their own. They did that little thing. They did that little out route pass on fourth and short that they do um, leads to a Hardman touchdown. They give it right back to him, 9-7. Then it is unbelievable when they get the ball in the hands of Hardman or Tyree Kill in the open field, just how fast those Long Hardman reverse leads to Kelsey's scramble. And, uh, you know, home scrambled and then threw the ball at Kelsey for a touchdown. Williams are down in the goal line. Williams runs it in 14-9. And at that point, it was pretty clear to me, Bry, that Josh Allen wasn't playing well enough. And, look, the Chiefs have a better team. The Chiefs out-coached the Bills, blah, blah, blah. But Mahomes was essentially flawless, and Josh Allen just wasn't. I mean, he he took a sack that totally cost the Bills any chance of having a first down. Same thing with an intentional grounding. A couple that should have been picked, Cole Beasley had to knock one down, Ward dropped another one. Holmes on the next drive immediately makes a couple plays where you thought he might get sacked. I mean, the Bills were right there. He ducks, dodges, whatever, and throws it 21-9. The Chiefs threw up. And late in the first half, the Bills, long, clock-eating drive. Then they get down near the goal. Then they throw an out route to Dawson Knox. Yard shy of the line to gain. So you have to use your lap. Hated the play calling, hated the decision to kick the field goal. Chiefs' first drive, second half ends in a field goal. Then the Bills, another long drive, fourth and three, they kick another field goal to make it 24 15. When you do things like this against the Kansas City Chiefs, you deserve to lose. They deserved to lose. McDermott coached scared. He coached cowardly, and he deserved to lose the game as a result. Very, you know, unsurprisingly, right? Tyreek Hill, long run. He almost took it to the house. He's the fastest human being I've ever seen in person. Leads to a Kelsey touchdown, 31-15. The secondary for the Chiefs is really impressive. Really impressive. Benton picked off. Uh, Josh Allen, after Bashad Breeland, had really nice coverage on John Brown. Chiefs score a touchdown again. This one to Kelsey on the little underhand scoop by Mahomes to make it 38-15. That was about it. I mean, the Bills finally got a touchdown, and they did all-side kick. They kick a field goal, but it was over. The only thing that's noteworthy after that, Bri, is Eric Fisher tore his Achilles for the Kansas City Chiefs. That really hurts. Because now it'll be Andrew Wiley and Mike Rammers in the Super Bowl against Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre Paul. That was a big difference. So that's the last piece of information I think is pretty uh pretty significant.
1: Before we move on to some of the news of the day, two questions about Kansas City. Number one, is this your first game this year, this season that you actually were at an NFL game with fans?
0: No. Uh Bill's Ravens last Saturday night was, remember I said, it's the loudest 6,700 people I've ever seen in my life. That's right. That's so, right. yes, uh, I will say that 17,000 people sounded very loud. And it, it almost, like, I'm not used to it from this season. You know, like, it, it, it seemed like more than 17,000. And it seemed like a lot of people, just not only the noise, but just it didn't seem like there were that many empty seats. And uh, I missed it. You know, like it, it, it was, there's, there's just such a different energy. It was awesome.
1: Yeah. And the other question is like, okay, so you were a sideline reporter, but not on the sidelines. What was that experience like?
0: So they have like the first eight to 10 rows or whatever tarped off. And I was just essentially allowed to be in the first row. The first row is tarped off, but like there's a walkway area. So I would either sit on the tarp or walk in that front row. I, most of the time I just sat on the tarp, unless there was action and I just stood in the front row. But like the people, the closest people are 10 rows back. So it wasn't like I was blocking them. So basically the first row acts as the sideline. And you and, and you it, had a full, full range, line. you can
1: walk all the way around then. What's that? And you had a like, full range, you can walk all the way around the stadium? In that Yeah, first
0: row? I went the opposite way of the tunnel, yes. Because if you get to the tunnel, then you got to go up and around. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I essentially had full range all the way through. But I didn't use it. I, I stayed in one area for the most part other than at halftime where I went to where Jay Feely was so I could hear what the coaches said to CBS at halftime and I could regurgitate it. Right,
1: right. All right, let's move on. Tuck takes. Some other news, let's start with Matthew Stafford and the Lions, both agreeing to mutually part ways.
0: Well, how about Dan Orlovsky on Tuesday's Ross Tucker Football Podcast last week? Hopefully you guys can check that out. He basically called this. He said it would be in the best interest of both teams, and it's going to happen, it sounds like. Matthew Stafford appears poised to get traded, and he's only 32 um, I think that there will be a lot of teams interested in his services. He's relatively inexpensive the next couple of years. And I think he's going to get a chance to go to a contender. Good for him. The thing, I understand why the Lions are doing it, but they, they got to hope that they get a quarterback as good as Stafford. Like they're going to have to just hope they can get a guy that can play as well as he has over the years. And I know a lot of Lions fans that really appreciated Matthew Stafford. But there were also a bunch over the years that didn't. There, there really were. There, there were a bunch over the years that didn't. And I think that some of them, I mean, I've had them call my radio show. I've seen them on Twitter. I think they're in for a little bit of a wake-up call when they see what it's like without him this year. Ducks takes.
1: Speaking of the Lions, former Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn heads to the Motor City as their OC. While you made note of the Bears promoting – DB coach, Sean Desai to defensive coordinator.
0: Right. So it's interesting because the Anthony Lynn news came out the same time as the Matthew Stafford news. And, you know, I I don't know that Matthew Stafford would love the idea of Anthony Lynn being the offensive coordinator, but it doesn't really matter. Very clear that Dan Campbell wants to run the football a lot because I know that's what Anthony Lynn wants to do so that they seem like a match made in heaven about trying to run the football. As for Desai, what I thought was interesting about this is he will be the first coordinator who is of Indian descent, very cool. I've got a bunch of Indian friends. One of my closest friends in central Pennsylvania is a doctor who's Indian, I love him. And I just think it's cool. I I think it's cool that um, someone of Indian descent is gonna be a coordinator and maybe someday uh, a head coach. Tuck takes.
1: Speaking of coaches, a lot of people are up in arms about the Houston Texans interviewing Josh McCown for their head coaching spot.
0: Yeah, and you know, Bri, I, I know that the uh the Tuckheads, the Tuckheads level of patrons, patreon.com slash RT Media. I know they were talking about this. I didn't get a chance to read the thread yet or chime in, but I don't really understand why people are so up in arms. I mean if they hire him, then there's a lot of conversations that need to be had, certainly. But I don't know. I mean, I like the idea of casting a wide net. I like the idea of interviewing a lot of people. I don't think they're going to end up hiring him. But if they did, who cares? If he does a terrible job, then they'll all be fired for it. Like I got. I don't see it. What happens is, is people don't like that because they feel like, he should have to pay his dues, which I understand. I understand the, the concept of paying your dues, but ultimately the Texans should do whatever they think is in the best interest of their franchise. I mean, John Lynch never paid his dues to be the GM for the Niners, and he's made a ton of awesome moves, which is why the Niners were in the Super Bowl last year. So that's kind of how I look at it. I also look at it, Bry, like people that are stressed out about stuff like that Maybe they should maybe they should check out Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app. You know, Brian, the more people I talk to, the more smart people I talk to or things I read. A lot of people meditate. Andrew Brandt um a bunch of doctors meditate like Headspace has a three minute s o s meditation for you. If you're feeling overwhelmed three minutes it's really really cool I, i'm a big fan of what i've seen so far from headspace and i tried it and it's kind of cool i've never been a meditation guy before but it's kind of cool it just relaxes you i think more than anything else you deserve to feel happier and headspace is meditation made simple go to headspace.com tucker that's headspace Dot com slash Tucker for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal out there right now. Head to Headspace.com slash Tucker today. Tuck takes.
1: Steelers tight end Vance McDonald had an epic quote upon his retirement from the NFL.
0: I'm not exactly sure why Vance is retiring. I think there'd be teams that would want him. I don't know if he had injuries, played eight years. I would think that there'd be teams, multiple teams that would be so interested in his services. But he's he's calling it quits. He said he will miss more than anything, having a ball in his hands and running into another human being as hard as he possibly can. And Brian, if you go back to when I wrote my story for Peter King in Monday Morning Quarterback back in 2007, that's what i said i would miss the most and it is what i miss the most you know it's an amazingly pure primal feeling that you really don't understand unless you've had the chance to do it and i've said before i want to start a business where everybody can experience that once in their life put a helmet shoulder pads on we'll put a helmet shoulder pads now the tough part is having another human being that just gets the crappy out of them all day um we have to sign up a bunch of those probably some insurance issues there but i just think i i wish everyone could experience that once in their life what that's like to just run into somebody as hard as they can so not normally that i would necessarily talk about Vance mcdonald retirement but that quote caught my eyes tux takes
1: and finally, uh, Martin Mayhew actually named the general manager of the Washington football team. Now, we had talked about Marty Herney. He's actually going to hold an executive VP title, but both of those guys still going to report to head coach Ron Rivera.
0: Right. Uh, you know, it's funny because they're both really going to be the GMs. I think Marty Herney has been a GM twice. He didn't care. He didn't need to be called the GM. He was happy or fine to just be called executive vp which usually is a higher title than gm anyway this way martin mayhew gets the title of gm which they probably needed to give him to get him out of san francisco and i guess everybody uh everybody ends up happy about that one i think that'll do it Brian. it's pretty late we could do it. we'll, we'll get to some email questions on Tuesday show should have a good a good guest on tuesday's show but uh, you can post this right away, man. How about it? The international folks are going to be pumped. There might even be some people get a chance to listen to it and watch it late night. Uh, we, on Tuesday, we'll have, uh, should have Albert Breer on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We'll do Even Money, early Super Bowl stuff, and the College Draft Podcast. I am going to go to bed and get ready for my flight tomorrow morning. I think we're done here. Not so fast. No, no, my friend. No, 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 we're not. No, we're not. Thanks, Brian. Pizza Boy Brewing, Culture, Steakhouse Sports, Vision Comics with an X, dinerdepot.com. Now we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.